Good afternoon, listeners, and welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast, where we discuss music. I'm your host, Will Brost, and joining me from his office is my good friend Patrick Anderson. How are you doing? Uh, just getting some work done, you know me. Exactly. It. I, I love it. I love when you told me that, because in a way, we're both in our offices. You are in your actual work office, and I am sitting on the floor in my closet because it's the best recording area in my apartment. So, <laughs> so yeah, we're two peas in a pot. This, on this is one. honestly a significant, uh, significantly better um, of a recording space for me sound-wise than my, my at-home uh, spot, which is very echoey. I didn't want to say it because you sound fine at home, but you do sound better. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I do. It's yeah. like actually... <laughs> it's actually well put together over here. <laughs> it's pretty nice. It's almost like they made that office for podcasters. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure that's what they had in mind. Um <laughs> so we're doing something a little different today. I mean, we're doing our uh Q three pod, right? Like our third quarter recommendations. Mm-hmm. Uh normally we each bring three. We don't no- tell each other beforehand what the three are that we're gonna bring. Um, every now and then you and I bring the same one to the table. Uh, but in this case, there's one record that we know we're both bringing to the table today. Mm -hmm. Uh, just one record that we really wanted to talk about, um, for reasons that I think will become obvious once we start discussing the album. And, uh, as appropriately, it's a, it's a, actually a Q4 album. It's a, not a Q3 album. It actually dropped. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it, it dropped in the beginning of October. So, uh, it technically doesn't qualify for this podcast. And by the way, one of the other two, uh, albums that I'm talking about today technically came out right at the end of Q2. So I brought, oh, yeah. <laughs> I brought one Q3 album, uh, to that's me. hilarious. <laughs> it is what it is. It honestly, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the quarter as a whole, uh, you know, thoughts uh, later on. But anyway, we're starting with the new album from Sufjan Stevens titled Javelin. Uh, mm-hmm. This is one that has understandably been getting a lot of buzz from one of our collective favorite artists over the years. And I think you texted me and were just like, hey, if you want to talk about Sufjan, I'm totally down. And, you know, that kind of sent a signal to me like, all right, yeah, definitely. Like, let's because I may have talked. I may have recommended this one anyway. Um, but I'll, I'll do yeah. a, just a very quick intro on Sufjan. Uh, Sufjan Stevens is a singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist from Detroit. I mean, he doesn't need much of an introduction. He's an indie legend at this point. Um I'll, I'll put it this way. If you're listening to an album review podcast, you have, yeah, right. <laughs> you probably know who Sufjan is. I will say this, though, because uh, I think this is important for the context of this album. Javelin is his 10th solo studio album. It's an album that is dedicated to his late partner, Evans Richardson. Sufjan also, very recently, as of like late September, went, mm-hmm. went to rehab for the autoimmune disease GBS uh, he's like had to learn how to walk again as a result of that. Uh, I don't have any updates at this moment, but regardless, he's been going through a lot lately. And uh, in the midst of all this, he just dropped one of the best albums of the year, frankly. So, Patrick, you mm. named 
his 2015 album, Carrie and Lowell, as your number one favorite album of the 2010s decade. So I think I wanted to start with you. What did you think of Javelin? Damn, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that you nailed it. He, it, it, it feels like, I mean, we've had another, a couple of Sufjan projects come out since uh, Carrie and Lowell. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really just considering The Ascension as like, his last like proper Sufjan album, if that is fair to say, I don't know. Yeah, because he's had a couple um, of uh, like collabs with the Beautiful Mind from a couple years ago, and then the Planetarium yeah. record. You know, he's done, and he had those series of uh, ambient records, um, ambient projects, uh, things like that. And, um, but this one really feels like um, a return to form, and like. It, it it's crazy because like to me it's a relief to hear him back like this focused and his sound being this like well thought out and put together and it's really cool to also hear how um like all these sounds and experimentations that he's done throughout the years have how they've all accumulated on this project in a really like meaningful way it all works together really well um but it's like really heartbreaking circumstances too which is uh kind of par for the course i guess for (laughs) sufjan at his best like strangely enough it's like his most inspiring points are a lot of times very tragic and really deeply personal um but he's just so like just amazing at creating something that really resonates um on a personal level with his like own deeply personal uh, situations uh like the humanity that he's able to express through his songwriting and his song structuring um is just like it's mind-blowing when it whenever he does it well there's i don't think there's anybody out there that can do it like he can like he's just a totally unique figure with um that kind of songwriting um so yeah that's like (laughs) right off the bat that's how i that that was like the first like kind of feeling that i had after listening to this album like once through yeah i think that you made a lot of great points and uh i guess the first one i wanted to touch on was just you mentioned return to form and uh how it was like an amalgamation of some of his styles yeah i felt the same where it was like return to forms plural because this Uh, is yeah yeah it's almost like a combination of Carrie and Lowell and his States era stuff and age of odds a little bit here and there. Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, like, you know, the planetarium album, uh, the other collabs he's done, the Ascension, the ambient projects, like it's all good, but this was the first, this album reminded me like, Oh, right. Sufjan is just probably one of the best songwriters 
of our lifetime, pretty much. Um, yeah, he, right. He yeah, really is singular. Yeah. I remember uh, back in the day, he would always get compared to like an Elliot Smith, um, which I, I think is understandable, but I don't think Elliot Smith ever made music that was this like maximal on top of being emotional. And that's one thing I've always loved. And this isn't shade to Elliot Smith, obviously, who's amazing, but. Um, yeah. One thing I've always loved about Sufjan's music is uh, it's often intimate and emotional and personal while also being grand and dynamic and like majestic, yeah. like larger than life almost. Um, and this album, I think, does as good of a job at doing that as pretty much any of his other albums. I mean, this is like A tier, S tier. Sufjan. This this really is a fantastic album. Yeah, I, I that's a good comparison. I think like the Elliot Smith thing is an interesting one because like I think song uh, the tone is like on the surface pretty similar. Mm-hmm. They're both kind of a lot of times talking about. They're both kind of patron saints for like loneliness and isolation and misunderstanding and stuff like that right um but like a lot of i think the different like the where it becomes kind of unfair is the like the difference between like with sufjan is that he's he's really focused on like love and Mm -hmm. hope and like at the end of the day it feels like even at his most depressing Sufjan is able to like touch on these elements of like hope and uh, perseverance and love and devotion. Like, uh, I mean, he has a lot of religious imagery in his uh, songs because of that too. Mm-hmm. But it's like, not that like Elliot Smith doesn't touch on that in his own way, but it, it's just such a different, like when you get down to the real feeling at the end of the day um something like elliot smith makes you feel like if you're dealing with feelings of isolation and depression and things like that like you feel understood but sufjan is able to give you real hope for something bigger and like like you said like he incorporates all these grand elements into his music like he's um, when he's at his best he's able to give you that feeling of understanding and uh transcendence like that's actually and he does it yeah he does it on here like in in a way that is just as good as ever i think yeah that's actually a really good point because in my experience both of them uh i mean they could both sing happy birthday and it would just be devastating right but like yeah (laughs) but but yeah to your point like two different reasons yeah right like I'll, i'll listen to elliot smith when i'm feeling down and my kind of takeaway is like feeling understood. Whereas if I listen to Sufjan when I'm feeling down, I my takeaway is like, oh, I feel a little better now. You know what I mean? And maybe it is because of the hope. Yeah. And um, I mean, I, you know, I joke about like religious lyrics sometimes on this pod, but like I've always loved Sufjan's religious lyrics. It, like it seems very heartfelt yeah. and genuine. Um, you know, his faith obviously means a lot to him. And I think it's, I mean, according to his lyrics, it's really helped him out over the years, and I, I think that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but, but yeah, I guess just to briefly switch over to like um, the musical aspects of this album, uh, one thing I really loved about this album sonically is the progression and the evolution that pretty much every song on here has, um, where it'll start off with maybe kind of a classic Sufjan banjo or a light piano, and as the song develops, it'll become more grand, more dynamic. Backing vocalists will be added to the mix. Um, some choruses are mixed together at the same time. Uh, you get the classic uh, Illinois-era whimsical instruments added to the mix mm -hmm. as well. I just love all of that stuff. I, I think he's just become such a master at it over the years. It, 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 like, he's been doing this for 25 years now. <laughs> I mean, it, it's really right. incredible how much he's kind of honed his craft. So I think even just as much as one possibly could set aside the emotional baggage of this album, just... As a piece of music, this album is incredible. Right. I think too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're right. the The progression of the tracks, um, the intro track is a great example of it. Yes, like the the sudden explosion of instrumentation is like it's awesome, and it, it's such a like. If, as a longtime Sufjan fan, it's such a great thing to to hear because it really does sound like, like you said, like it's got that whimsy of the States Project era, and then it's also got the really wonky kind of bizarreness of the Age of Odds, and then the emotional core um, of Akarian Lowell ascension ish type um era so it's all it all comes together in a way that's so like it, it just makes so much sense um yeah i'd be curious like because we're both obviously listening to this after years of listening to sufjan mm -hmm. and uh i'd be curious to like what a first time listener would think of this because i think that it's it's pretty accessible too like overall like i don't think that it's anything uh you don't have to like understand you know some of those bands you, know, you gotta understand where they started mm -hmm. at and where they came from like sufjan is not one of those artists even at his most experimental like i think that he's someone that's so interesting um and even on especially on this that you could just dive into it and be like wow that was really cool that's actually yeah is this his most accessible album maybe uh it, it's certainly up there it's wow yeah i i would be curious yeah. for like a first time listener that's actually a really good point because that's one thing that's always uh just sort of meta on our podcast you know a lot of the artists we discuss our opinions are different depending on if they're brand new to us or if we're coming in with 20 years right. of, of like oh i grew up listening to sufjan in high school you know uh it's it's impossible to untangle that um but yeah, it, it's. I would say it's about as accessible, or even more so than something like Illinois. But even then, Illinois has like these weird three-minute instrumental tracks that you're just like, right. what is even happening here? But Javelin, yeah. Uh, this actually might yeah, be. Yeah, it's just so, it's yeah. just stone cold song to song, good like kind of poppy 
indie stuff like and it gives you an idea of who sufjan is across his history right like if you, right yeah that's true yeah, yeah you could be like oh sufjan has done this more electronic experimental stuff but he's also done this folkier stuff this chamber pop um it, it all comes together just sort of in one package um yeah uh i was gonna ask like how weird is it that <laughs> maybe the best Sufjan song in a long time is called Shit Talk? How weird is that to you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's always, I was going to say, it's always weird um, to hear Sufjan swear. Always weird. Like, Super weird. It, yeah. I don't know why. Like, even now, like, <laughs> it's like... For some reason, I'm like, oh, whoa, that's he's not supposed to do that. Like the, is <laughs> that like Christian kid energy sometimes of just like, <laughs> right? Well, and and that's also, not, yeah, it, it's like, and that's something I don't think we've mentioned yet to people who aren't familiar with Sufjan, but just his voice is feather soft. It is, it's yeah, almost right, like yeah. it, it's like he's on the verge of apologizing every time he sings. You know what I mean? It's. It's so gentle, and I love it for that. So when he says, like, no more talking shit, it, it, mm -hmm. it catches me off guard. Uh, even though I saw the song title, I'm like, oh, maybe that's just the title of the song. Um, I remember when Age of Odds came out, and, oh, he's, yes. uh, and he's doing his, I'm, I'm not, not fucking around, around <laughs> on that. Like, for some reason, it, it felt like it was the first time I had heard someone swear like ever like i was just like oh my god like that was more mind-blowing to me than <laughs> any of the other production it's like hearing, <laughs> hearing your grandmother swear for the first time it just yeah like, exactly <laughs> kind of, yeah kind of like that like, but i mean a lot oh, of my he's favorite a real person <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's it's nuts and and not only the cursing but just i don't know a lot of my favorite sufjan songs again i'm sort of uh, a big illinois guy specifically and so you know, some of my favorite songs are like, come on, feel the Illinois part one, Carl Sagan, you know what I mean? Or like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like there's the one like the song title doesn't even have time to scroll across your Spotify because it's over in eight seconds. And this one is just shit talk. Um, and it's yeah, despite a, eight, such a eight minutes, yeah, it's, right? it's an like... eight minute song um, that might only have like eight words in it total. It's a pretty repetitive song lyrically, but this is just some of the most fantastic. So this is your, yeah. So this is your favorite I, song. I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah from I, th the album. I think it is. And at first it was, um, will anybody ever love me just cause it's so undeniable. Yeah. Uh, and I believe that was a single, right? Like it's, I think intended to be mm -hmm. very, ear grabbing on the first listen and, and that song is still amazing but just the more i listen to shit talk the more it's just like I, I think the repetition of the lyrics helps in this case uh where they really like as simple as the lyrics are they really sink in uh just because yeah. they're being said so many times over and over um and again not to harp on this point i keep making too much but uh maybe the best example of this like song progression and evolution and dynamics that this album has to offer um i also think it was a brilliant choice to surround this eight and a half minute song with two of the shortest 
songs on the record. Uh, one of which being a Neil Young cover, and the other being the title right. track, uh, which are honestly great. Even if I, I don't know if they're meant to be interludes, but if they are, they're some of the best interludes I've heard. So, um, yeah, I, I really think this album closes strong. I guess is my uh, my takeaway here. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I I love Shit Talk. I think that it's it's awesome too, and I always love um, longer form Sufjan too. Like mm-hmm. he's he's got so much like ambition and so many ideas floating around. I mean, obviously, and we talked uh, on a couple pods. I think so much about Impossible Soul. <sighs> yeah. Um, is that long? Which form? is obviously <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, isn't that insane, too, that, like, Sufjan has a swan's-length song yes. that is, you know, quite possibly his masterpiece of a song, too. Um, like, Great point. It, it's nuts. And then he's also, like, with the title track on this, he's able to throw in just a, you know, minute and a half long interlude or on illinois you know six seconds of <laughs> something that like just conceptually makes sense. he's just such a creatively interesting guy that's actually a fantastic point because just i mean early early on i mean he's doing you know banjo covers i mean that, that's oversimplifying it but you know what i mean he's like a folk musician yeah. first and foremost and then for him to drop something like impossible soul which is this five-part electronic odyssey um yeah and, and a song like shit talk kind of i would say is closer to like chamber pop baroque pop again kind of appealing to my illinois taste but it does have again a nice mixture of a lot of his styles that i've loved over the years um yeah uh what what, what, what's your favorite song on here if it's not one i've mentioned already it's i mean it's tough man like Mm -hmm. this is a great album it is um I, there's not a lot of like like low points on here like I, I, I think that um, most of these tracks have uh, something that you could say like this is my favorite track because blank like my little red or my red little fox is mm. one that I think is really awesome well anybody ever loved me is kind of it's like right away yes you know it's one of those sufjan songs that you're like yeah okay we're back yes it's got pretty much everything that you want um but i'll say i think that i keep coming back to lately um so you are tired oh okay interesting oh and i actually have in my notes for that uh just this one was more of a Carrie and Lowell style. That that was kind of my. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's exactly it. Like, I think that this, like, the amount of weight that he's able to give with his songwriting sometimes, like on tracks like this, that this is the reason why Carrie and Lowell, to me, was just like so devastating and like ended up being the best album of that decade um was because of like he just completely perfected his songwriting on that and the weight of his like words and the simple instrumentation the way that he's able to use it is like uh, uh, it, it's uh, it's crazy like mm-hmm. I, i'm 
not many artists can do it like that. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of drawn to this because of that. And yeah, he's like totally back in form on this. Uh, I think that with the context of everything too, with his, um, you know, with his partner listening to this is just really tragic, but it's just, it's so real and authentic and, his songwriting is so interesting too because um like uh i think like a comparison a lot of times songwriting wise tim elliot smith is obviously one Mm -hmm. but i think like bony Vare gets a lot of Mm. comparisons Mm -hmm. um and i'd say that there's kind of a in between that i feel with both of those where like He's got some level of crypticness that Bon Iver has, um, but he's also really forthright and, like, just this is what I'm talking about. Um, so, like, it, it takes a second to sink in, but it, he's not really ever pushing too hard on it. Like, he's, he's not dumbing things down for his audience, but he's really, like also not sacrificing his um poetry right like so he hits this mm-hmm. really great balance of stating his intentions in a poetic way without making it too convoluted um and that was just something i i that kind of came into my head whenever i was listening back to this song because um th- that i think is where he really excels at because it only takes a couple of, of listens and he's making me cry from his songwriting, which mm-hmm. you know it doesn't. That doesn't happen with many artists, and he's one of those that's really that's able to do that. So I, that's a great point. Like some of my favorite lyrics on this album are honestly very straightforward, but at the same time, uh, there are some lyrics I'm I still kind of puzzled as to what exactly they mean, but not so overly cryptic that it's yeah like, like if you look on yeah. genius one time you're like oh okay like that makes sense exactly like, i may yeah. need to consult genius but i'm not i don't need to like you know study i don't need to have a phd at the same time either and i think that's great i think that also adds to the accessibility of this album which albums this emotional aren't always very accessible and well and kind of while we're on that i wanted to ask you this too and you mentioned you were mm-hmm. crying after a couple listens how often do you listen to this album? Um, because like this is going probably going to be in my top ten of the year, um, but it it'll be yeah. my least listened to of any of those top ten. Uh, I would I would say personally, but um, I don't know. I mean, because it's at the end, towards the end of the year, it'll probably oh, be sure. Yeah, like yeah, I don't know. But since it came out, I've listened to it quite a bit like okay okay i see because i'm thinking more like oh i listened to it once and then like man i need to take a break before i come back to this album again that's kind of what i'm getting at um oh i see yeah yeah uh i mean yeah i I don't know how many times i've listened through to it it's not like i've you know listened to it too many times to count but right this is i think that it's one of those things that sonically it's interesting enough um, and like fun enough and accessible enough at a lot of points that I can just throw on and it's enjoyable to listen to. And then also when I'm just on 
you know, it's quiet I'm on my own. I can, you know, do that kind of emotional deep dive into it. Like, like I was just talking about. So it kind of hits that perfect balance for me. So, you know, that it's like, <laughs> yeah, since it came out, I've been, I, that's why I texted you. Cause I'm like, I've been doing already basically podcast research yes. on this on yes. my own. So I love hearing <laughs> like, that. I love yeah. hearing it. And when you reached out to me, I was like, hell yeah, Pat, that means he loves this album. And I, I love that. I think that's fantastic. Um, yeah. Do you have anything, uh, not so great that you notice on this at all? Yeah. And I kind of wanted to briefly mention it just cause like, it sounds like Will's giving it a 10. I'm not quite there. Right. Um, yeah. And I always feel weird too. Like I felt weird, uh, a little bit when we talked about, uh, a crow looked at me, Mount Erie, right? When it's like an album, this yeah. emotional, I always feel a little weird being like, here's what I didn't care for about it. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's, yeah. it's always kind of a, an awkward spot, but, um, I will say I, a little bit toward the middle of the album, I started to get this sense of, um, I wouldn't say that songs started to like flow together in my mind, but like, I thought the strengths of pretty much a lot of these songs were similar, if that makes sense. Like, mm -hmm. Uh, structurally, they all kind of had this start off slow, add more instrumentation, add some backing vocalists, maybe do like an Age of Odd style instrumental switch up toward the end. And I love that. I And I mentioned that earlier. I, that's like one of my favorite things. But I kind of got that feeling almost every single song to where it got a little predictable in that way. Um, I think formulaic yeah. is too strong of a word for what I'm getting at, but it's just that little, that little bit, uh, that's kind of keeping me. Um, and I think that's yeah. fair enough. Yeah. And frankly, the first song, once it got to the age of odds style, I've never been a huge age of odds guy outside of like impossible soul. And I want to be well. Um, and so I think those mm. moments of the album, I think are good, but I'm also thinking like, man, I wish this was more like Illinois. You know what I mean? That's that's more subjective, but... Uh, what about that's you? Was enough. there anything I, that... Yeah. I, I'm, honestly, I have kind of similar feelings. Like, um, Age of Odds is one to me that, like, I, I... I really like it in terms of, like, I haven't heard anybody do anything like that before. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and I don't think anybody could pull it off like Sufjan pulled it off. Like the, the wonkiness of it and the, like, it still has that kind of whimsy to it too. And like, um, it's, it's experimental and it's totally like, it definitely sounds like a, uh, folk artist who's, been dabbling in electronics and stuff like and really just going for it and, and, and by the way nothing sounds like it now really not that i've heard i haven't really heard anything that's that sounds yeah like Age of Odds. yeah that's what i'm saying like and, and it, that's what i love about sufjan like just in general is like when he even when he experiments there's at least something interesting happening uh, even the with the ascension um 
like a lot of the tracks were kind of um, a little bit forgettable, a little bit like they just weren't really what I was hoping for. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of all blend together, but there is production elements to it that's like really solid and interesting. Um, so you know he's he's just a true artist like through and through. So. Um, but I do feel like the replay value of the production of something like Age of Odds is not nearly as great as some of his other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I I kind of agree with you where, where the first track at least um, is a good example of like the first time I heard it, I was like, oh my god, this is like the perfect yep. encapsulation of Sufjan over the years. And I still feel that to some extent. But, you know, it, it kind of has... that. Uh, that's all that I'm really left with. Like, it is that first, like, whoa, holy shit. That's exactly how um, I feel. Yep. Yeah, if that makes sense, yeah. And then, um, yeah, like, uh, genuflecting ghosts and, like, everything that rises. Like, I think songwriting-wise and production-wise, again, like... If this was on most other people's albums, it would be like yeah. maybe their best songs. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, there's no bad song because on it. it's yeah because it's Sufjan. It's like the standard is unreasonably high. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I I so. guess uh, yeah. It sounds like we both have just more or less more minor nitpicks more than anything. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I guess. Uh, just time-wise, we need to probably wrap up here. Uh, I don't have a ton of final thoughts other than what we've already discussed. Uh, this is one of Sufjan's strongest albums, in my opinion. But again, like, I say that, and then I'm like, well, do I like it as much as Illinois or as much as Carrie and Lowell? Or, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's so easy to listen to this and be like, oh, this is one of his best albums. And then you remember, like, oh, right, he has a lot of fantastic albums. That's right. I totally forgot about that. So um, mm-hmm. this is going to be one of my favorite records of the year. Um, it's uh, not one I'm going to be just playing all the time because that's not really who I am. I'm not someone who listens to a lot of music. Uh, I mean, I'll listen to emotional somewhat depressing music but it's not like i'm just gonna listen to this album for weeks and weeks uh i i kind of need to take my time um i'm certainly not playing this at the gym <laughs> so um <laughs> th- this is fantastic though i'm I- i'm at like a nine yeah this is really good nice yeah, yeah. That, i would say i would say that's a good score yeah oh there you go <laughs> why would you say that? i was gonna say <laughs> Do you do you have a a ten for Sufjan in his catalog? I actually do think Illinois is a ten. I I, I think yeah, it's uh, yeah. at the very least. I think it's the best record of two thousand five. At the very least, like it's my two thousand five album of the yeah. year. Um, granted, I wasn't I would, listening I to as much music that, yeah. back then, but still, yeah. If 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 that's not a ten, it's a nine point seven eight best new music <laughs> right um, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah who came up with that <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, i mean obviously like carrying levels attend for me also mm-hmm. um 
and so the the standards that I have for Sufjan are like crazy. Like he's right. just one of the most unique artists out there, and it's like I feel just like whenever something like this comes out from him, I haven't felt like this since Carrie and Lowell. Um, it's just such a great it's such a great feeling in a very strange way. Because uh, obviously there's a lot of tragedy surrounding this, but yeah. it's just like it's great to know that he's out there making this kind of music, and I don't know, it, it it's just a the, he's one of those artists that I think that um, is just extremely important to have. Like I think he's remains really influential in the indie world, and even some of his lower points are still really amazing but um, anyway uh this album itself i think is is awesome it doesn't have i guess like quite the ambition of mm -hmm. some of the things in his past but like it it has all the heart and all the like well-meaning elements to it that all those great things have uh from the past so yeah, I, I'm at a very solid nine on this as well. Very well put. Yeah, that is a good point. Yeah, uh, it it can't be as ambitious if it is an amalgamation of a lot of his previous stuff. But, uh, but that's yeah, that's yeah, kind of the double. I, I couldn't imagine yeah him going even more ambitious. Honestly, <laughs> like oh my what God. he's done in the past. You're right. It's yeah. It's almost this is. Uh, fan service is kind of a weird way to put it given the context of the album but it is like oh you like this era you've got this era on yeah. this album you know i think that's really cool yeah. um this is his era's tour <laughs> you could say that i won't but you could <laughs> um i actually shouldn't but you did <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's on tape so there it is yeah oh <laughs> Great. gosh sufjan era's tour please make it happen um <laughs> I think I think you're right though. It, it, uh, something you kind of hinted at, or even maybe said directly, but it's just so good to have this album. And this will kind of transition, I think, into the second half of our pod. But uh, I think the album I considered talking about as my third Q3 was probably mm -hmm. going to be the new James Blake album until you reached out to me about Sufjan. Oh uh, uh, yes, and, yeah. <laughs> and one one thing I was going to say about the James Blake album was. Uh, just, oh, it, I love that this album brought me back to my days of really getting into indie music for the first time. And then this Sufjan album hit, and I'm like, man, this yeah, really brought me back. That's a great <laughs> point, yeah. <laughs> so it's just nice to have this album as a guy who's been listening to Sufjan since, like, 2010. Um, so, yeah, shout-out to Sufjan Stevens. You, uh, you want to talk about a couple other records we've been enjoying lately? Yeah, let's do it. Let's. We may as well, I guess. Yeah, you could have said no, and then we would have just. All right, I guess I wasted all this. That time. would be hilarious. <laughs> if I was just like, you know what? Yeah. No, I think that was good. We we don't need to to talk about the others. <laughs> so this, uh, yeah, right. You're just wasting all my time, all my prep. Um, <laughs> we each have two albums, presumably, and. Uh, mm -hmm. I, what did you think of this quarter overall? Because at the mid year. I was pretty disappointed in the year, honestly. Um, but there was so mm. much good stuff, I think, in the past three months that I actually had a hard time narrowing down what I wanted to talk about. 
and e even after giving myself the rule that I'm not talking about Arm and Hammer because I, I, I'm giving myself a little bit of a Billy Woods, like we get it, will shut up about Billy Woods on the podcast already. Um, so I'm not going to talk about yeah, Arm we, and Hammer. We, we know how how that is. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm trying really hard to not recommend the Arm and Hammer, but you should listen to it. You know. Uh, but even aside from that, there's like yeah, there's, so there you go. There yeah. you have it. There's like eight <laughs> records I could have talked about, and unfortunately, I had to only pick two. Um, but there's been a lot of great stuff lately. So, uh, mm -hmm. what did you think? Did, great quarter for you too, or pretty good quarter? Okay. Um, I think that it didn't have um, besides the Sufjan, it didn't have like the highs of the last quarter but like consistency wise at least there's just a lot of really solid stuff it felt like mm -hmm. that came out um but yeah like i mean i had like the lonnie holly and the colin stetson um coming out like the last time that we talked I think that that was like that, like back to back to me was like, whoa, like, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, overall, like I thought that, uh, you know, it's a, it was a really solid quarter for the most part and uh, definitely some surprises too. Yes. I, I agree with that. Uh, some albums mm -hmm. that just kind of caught me off guard. Um, like this hyper pop record that I'm not talking about today, but the new uh, underscores album that I talked to you about, uh, Wall Socket, total surprise album that yeah. I'm not talking about today because it kind of just came out and I've only listened to it like twice and I just got to prepare my thoughts. But didn't think I'd be loving a hyper pop album as much as I am. Um, but as far as the ones we are bringing to the table with extended thoughts, uh, did you want to go first? Or did you want me to go first? I can go first. Okay. All right. Awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, okay. So, like, speaking of surprises from the past uh, couple of months, one of the bigger surprises for me was this Burna Boy album. What? <laughs> no way! Oh, that's so cool. I remember you liking it, but I never in a million years would I guess you would talk. I, I told love them. Yeah. Oh my god. I don't know, dude. It's just over the past like couple months, like I've just listened to it more and more. Like it's so easy to put on, and <clears throat> like just the atmosphere just changes with this project in in a really positive way um so like that i mean and that's what you want out of a good pop album uh to begin with right but like i don't know i just started kind of like really falling in love with his whole delivery and his personality is just so engaging <laughs> um I really like his his songwriting for the most part is just really fun and really thoughtful for the most part too. Um, and I like there's some low points on here. Like it, I think it does suffer from certain pop album classic uh, complaints, which is like just being slightly overstuffed. There's maybe some like features here and there that are like okay well you got this guy for the name i guess um 
on the last bit of the album, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, I'm looking certain, up the track list. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, a all right. J, uh... <laughs> J. Cole. Wait, the RZA's on this album? The Jizz right, on yeah. this album? What? It, there's. Am I going to be listening it, to this album there's tomorrow? So many. Yeah, there's so many great like. There's so many great features along with like. I mean, honestly, the the J Cole feature is the only one that I'm like, <laughs> okay, that was completely unnecessary. <laughs> you said features like it was a negative. <laughs> I know. I, I said that, and then like while I'm saying it, I'm like, no, it's it's literally just J Cole. <laughs> like, <laughs> like actually everybody does a really great job otherwise (laughs) (laughs) that's very funny yeah Um, but yeah dude it's it's pretty good i i i've been really liking it it's just it was a definitely a surprise though (laughs) like um yeah i just there's certain there's a couple of songs on here that i think are some of the most memorable songs, like pop songs, at least of the year. Okay. Um, Normal, I think, is a great uh, pop song. It's got like this, like Afro fusion, hip hop blend, pop blend. I hope I'm getting those genres like uh, <laughs> right with like what I'm choosing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like it's just very, really unique. I haven't heard anything in the pop world like that sounds like that honestly um sitting on top of the world is a great track it's got this great um chorus and this like great sample usage to it burn boy's delivery too is just so charismatic Hmm. Uh, he's so passionate and he's really charming um all about like he's got this grandiose energy of like you know hyping himself up but he does it in in a in such a like endearing way. Like you can't help but root for him, right? Mm-hmm. I love that. It's like one of those guys. Like you just feel all this passion coming out, and you're like, yeah, you just can't help but root for him. And Twenty One Savage has a great feature on that, of course. Um, yeah, the Dave uh, has a great feature on Cheat on Me. Oh, Dave. Um, yeah, the uh, UK hip hop, right? Exactly. Yeah, Mercury Prize. Winner. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I was gonna say I I, I thought that I had seen his name circling around a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's great. It's not honestly like the greatest verse, but like him and Burnaboy just trade off really well. Like they just seem like it just feels like a like couple of like boys just hanging out, like kind of feeling. Um, yeah, and I think that the there's kind of a conceptualness to this of like Burna Boy's place within the pop culture, um, and him trying to like show everybody why he deserves to be talked about in this pop culture sense, in this in this way that's just as relevant as anybody else, right? And the album cover is representing or it's like kind of like set up like one of those pop culture magazines with Burna Boy on the cover like doing like a really cool fashionable pose um Burna Boy leaves a message don't complain don't explain just believe on the front page and the title is like the magazine Um, clippings kind of stitched together yeah exactly that's cool yeah 
like there's so there's a lot of really well thought out stuff going on on this um i don't know it's just like the more and more i listen to it the more i like it kind of got a a customer or uh acclimated to like the tone of the album it just stuck with me um so yeah i think that he's just a totally unique figure in pop music and pop culture um this is a, a a great a great um standout i think is this is this is actually first... it, uh it's it's looking like his seventh studio album but like i think it's he's only broken out like a couple of years ago um that's what i was gonna say i yeah. thought that i had only heard his name kind of recently mm-hmm. um so yeah like for me like this is kind of my introduction to burner boy um i didn't realize how big he was until uh like a couple years ago i think i saw him like he was like advertised on like this uh, apple music like concert series or something and i was like whoa what um and then listening to this i was like oh i get it okay yeah this is why this guy is at the status that he is so totally deserved um, like I said, it kind of suffers from some classic pop album mm. issues, but uh, they're not that egregious. I think that there, you know, there is like a couple of interludes on here that are very skippable. Um, but whatever, you know, it's kind of that that feeling. I'm like, eh, all right, I, I can skip that. That's not that hard to skip. And the next song is great anyway so who cares but it doesn't give it it doesn't uh, help the score so it's a solid uh, eight out of ten for me i i love that you talked about burn a boy i i i gotta listen to this i haven't heard uh, i didn't expect it <laughs> that is so cool oh man this rizza song is only like 27 seconds but that's okay that's okay um yeah it, that's what i'm saying like <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna add this to my list of stuff to listen to that's i always love I, I am really curious to see what you think about it because it seems like an album i might prefer to you but uh or i might like more than you like it but uh you know maybe not maybe maybe you're uh the bigger burn a burn a boy boy I, I yeah know. maybe you're the bigger, maybe yeah. you're the bigger <laughs> fan of burn a boy <laughs> um yeah i do like the attempts though like. <laughs> thanks <laughs> it's like what do you call them like swifties the the burn a boy swifties yeah um, i'm on a burn a boys boys <laughs> <laughs> we're just guys guys you know what i mean we're just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's very funny uh, i i'm gonna listen oh. to this probably within the next week Shout out to you. I always love when these recommendation pods are, uh, you know, we recommend them legitimately to each other on the podcast. Uh, I just haven't gotten around to mm-hmm. it. Um, very- well, I think because when I talked to you about it, like, at first, I was like, yeah, there's something here. I'm not sure how much I'm liking it. So that's why it's been, yeah. Right. It surprise. wasn't like, got to check out this Burn Boy album. So it sounds like it just kind of stuck in your rotation for a while. So It just totally grew on me, yeah. Do you listen to it when you play basketball? Or is that exclusively Drake? Okay, so yeah, that's that's <laughs> the, that's one of the other things, I think, too. Yeah, <laughs> the context is, uh, yeah, like I, I do listen to it when I play basketball sometimes. And that it, it totally hit um, – a few times when I was doing that, so I love that. <laughs> but even out, even outside of that, it's it's still really solid. 
I love hearing that. This is fantastic. I love this. Um, yeah. I'm okay. The one I'm going to talk about uh, is actually my favorite album of Q3. I always start with that, right? I always start just, what's my favorite album of the quarter? Oh, above the Sufjan? Uh, well, Sufjan is a Q4 album, technically. But oh, okay. I, yeah, I, 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 see. <laughs> I will say at this point, I do. They're both going to be top 10 albums for the year for me. I think wow. if you were to ask me today, I think I'm taking this one, um, which is odd because it's it's a grower album, or at least it was for me, and I'll, I'll get into it. Uh, my favorite album of Q3, Arm and Hammer, we buy... No, I'm not doing that. I'm not. I can't do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, I was about to say. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. I'm not going to talk about Billy Woods. Um even you, you, you should listen to that album, the new Armin Hammer yeah, album, We Buy Right, yeah. even though... <laughs> it, it's called We Buy Diabetic Test Strips is the Armin Hammer album. Like, listen to it. Um, but yeah. uh, I'm, pro- I'm going to give other artists the spotlight on this episode. Um, I say that, and actually I've recommended this artist before on a quarterly uh, pod. Even then, I prefer this record to the <laughs> Armin Hammer record right now, too. So how about that? Um, wow. My favorite album of Q3 right now is Struggler from Genesis Owusu. Um, oh, yeah. wow, okay. This yeah. is one like the Burna Boy where I think when I recommended it to you, I was like, yeah, I like mm-hmm. it. And I was actually kind of disappointed at first. I was like, yeah. Yeah, And then I, I listened to it again. And then when I told you about it, I'm like, yeah, I, I like it, but I don't know. Um, this I obviously I'm really loving this now. Uh, for those who don't know, Genesis Owusu is a Ghanaian Australian singer. Uh, Struggler is his second studio album. Um, when Smiling with No Teeth came out uh, a couple years ago, I recommended it on the pod. Um, this is a big departure from his previous album, but they're similar in a couple ways in that they both didn't click with me at first. Uh, after my initial listen of this album, I was disappointed, like I said. I thought, oh, maybe this is a little bit of a sophomore slump. Uh, but then I reminded myself, like, hey, Will, when you listen to his first album, you also thought it was only okay after your first listen. Then you gave mm-hmm. it another listen or two, and it ended up being in your top ten that year. It ended up being one of your absolute favorites. And so I was like, you know what? Fair. I'll give this another listen. We'll see. And then I gave it another listen and another, and now here we are. Um, and what's kind of fascinating about Genesis Owusu as a grower is that typically, in my experience, albums that grow on me and win me like over time tend to be like abrasive or dense or like inaccessible in some way. Um, mm-hmm. just like a random example, like this new Arm and Hammer album, uh, it's, it's very like abrasive and dense. And so that album has grown on me the more I've listened to it. Uh, that's called, uh, we buy diabetic test strips by Arm and Hammer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but anyway, so what's a little atypical about these two Genesis Owusu albums is that they were both big growers for me, despite how just immediately fun and catchy and exciting they are. Um, and I think part of that grower quality for me lies in the fact that these are both concept albums. And I, I, I think the more I've taken in and understood the concepts, the more I've just appreciated the albums overall, naturally. Uh, the, the previous one had a concept about 
two metaphorical black dogs representing racism and depression. Uh, and honestly, I mean, I liked that concept, but it wasn't immediately apparent to me. I kind of had to do a little geniusing and like, oh, okay, okay, I can see how this connects to that. Struggler's concept, on the other hand, is pretty clear. Um, it, actually, it's I would say it's a little too clear. It's maybe a little like, all right, we get it with the concept a little bit by the end of the album. But I do like the concept itself. I think it's pretty neat. He's sticking with the animal metaphor on this one, but this time around, he's a roach who perseveres through all of the struggles that God sends his way. Um, or He refers to God sometimes as the old man throughout the album. Uh, and God sends all sorts of trials and tribulations, but... Like he says in the intro song, the roach just keeps roaching. Um, and of course, when, you know, some people may think of a roach concept or like roach-related art and media, they may think of Franz Kafka's novel, uh, no, novel, novel, uh, the <laughs> metamorph novella. That's the word I was trying to say. No there we go. Novella. Yeah, you were right there. Yeah. I was on it. I'm like, novel? What? Oh, no, wait. Uh Anyway, the metamorphosis, right? Um, in which, yes, yeah. in which the character uh, Gregor Samsa, who gets a shout out on this album, it, so Genesis Owusu is very educated on on what this is about, but he transforms into a roach and he struggles to adapt, um, and sim mm. kind of like that novella. There it is. Um, this album is often philosophical, even on a song like Freak Boy, which is called freak boy but it and is also one of the most undeniably catchy most straightforward poppiest songs he's ever released he'll say things like you know just kind of a this idea of like oh i've got a lot of dread but uh ignorance is bliss and so i'm just trying to stay blissful like even at this song's most or this album's most accessible he's he's on his philosophy shit and i, I really like it um I guess yeah. more specifically, he'll discuss absurdism and existentialism on this album. Uh, what's the point when we all end up in the urn? The point's whatever I discern. Um, this globe doesn't hinge on morality. You're here, I'm here, we didn't earn this mortality. Um, and I, I always, I love that Damn. kind of stuff. Yeah, right? And it all kind of comes back to this roach concept. Uh, he makes it fit in. Uh but the thing about this album and about the previous Genesis Owusu album, and the thing I feel like I always say whenever I recommend a, a good concept album on this pod, even though this is a Kafka referencing concept album that also touches on the absurdity of life, I cannot stress en enough that this album is just fun as hell. Um, it's, it's like the most recent Weekend album in the sense that, like, yeah, you can dig into the concept, and it's a good concept, and I would recommend you do so to get more out of it, but you don't have to do that. You don't have to study this mm -hmm. album in order to enjoy the album. It's just a lot of fun on the surface, and a big part of that is, again, like the debut, there's a ton of variety on here. Um, I would actually say this record is more cohesive and less all over the place than the previous record, but it's still like a colorful blend of art pop, hip-hop, funk, and soul. But what I like about this album's direction is that it incorporates a couple of darker genres, like punk and even goth on a couple of songs. Um, and 
I, I just I really like that. It, all of these genres from goth to punk to funk, soul, hip hop, the bass lines are just always just fucking incredible on this album. Uh, but I, I really like how this album can go from a song like That's Life, A Swamp, which sounds like a Thundercat song. He's literally doing like a Thundercat falsetto as well, uh, directly into the song Balthazar, which again is this like goth banger. It's just such a sick song. <laughs> um, but one of my favorite songs is the closer called Stuck to the Fan, uh, and it wraps everything up nicely. Uh, just a, like just about everything else on the album. His vocals vary from song to song. Sometimes he's got these, again, like these Thundercat falsettos. Sometimes he has this really charismatic rapping, kind of half singing, half rapping. Uh, but on this closer, he's he's kind of crooning a ballad in a way that just sounds really lazy, almost like he's just singing some random thing sitting on the couch or whatever. Uh, it's really endearing. It's already one of my favorite songs on the album just because of the sing-along chorus, but... I really like how it seems to kind of close this concept of struggle on a note of acceptance. Like, much of this album is about the Roach fighting against God and trying to overcome all sorts of struggles. Um, and this conclusion isn't about overcoming your struggles or, like, persevering, like, triumphing or whatever. It's about accepting them. Or, as he put it, uh, the Hollywood story arc is like you climb the big mountain and then there's a field of flowers for you to frolic in after your hard journey. In reality, you climb the mountain and then there's another huge mountain waiting to be climbed. But the good thing about that is that after you climb a new mountain, you become a better climber to get ready for the next big challenge and the next big hurdle. Um, so I like how he closed this album. That's awesome. Yeah, right. It's just really he's I, I really like his interviews. Seems like a really smart guy. Um you know, in the streaming age, music listeners have never been more incentivized to just simply discard music that doesn't immediately resonate with them. Um, mm -hmm. But this album, for me, was like a nice reminder that that's often a mistake. A, a lot of times I'll catch myself like, oh, listen to this, didn't really care for it, what's the next album? But I'm glad I stuck with this one because Genesis Owusu is just such an exciting artist who has shown that he can excel in a variety of ways. Um... There, there's a ton of variety, but at the end of the day, it's all Genesis Hawusu. Um And he's put out two of my favorite... He's put out two albums, and they've both been among my favorites of the year. I, I don't know if I prefer this to his debut. I think this one is more cohesive, and it's definitely more concise. But I think the uh, first album might have higher highs. I think it ha might have a, just a couple more of my favorite Genesis Hawusu songs. But either way, they're kind of on the same tier... Uh, in my opinion, which is the uh, the nine out of ten tier uh, for me personally. So, wow, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a, it's a great album. I added it. I added it while you were uh, oh, talking yeah. about it because everything you're saying about it sounds like totally awesome. It's it's incredible, and you'll listen to the first song, which is just incredible energy, and you'll be like, "How did this have to grow on Will? And how didn't Will love this like immediately?" So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on uh, on this one when you get around to it. It is interesting. There's sometimes that happens to me too. Um, this is, this would be a good segue actually mm -hmm. into my my next pick. But sometimes that happens to me too, where something that is like right up my alley, um, and even something that I like later, 
will just not hit me right away because I think it's just a side effect of being able to listen to anything and everything that you can right all at once. <laughs> so like, you know, sometimes the expectations are just it's just the, there's just a miscommunication there or something. Yeah. And then you'll listen to it again and you're like, "Wait, this is not the same album that I was just listening to." Right. It, um, it, maybe it was an expectations thing too with like oh genesis Owusu. last time i heard him it was one of the best albums i've heard in a long time and so maybe i was just yeah yeah but there's so many things yeah that's why like you said like repeated listens are necessary for most things i would say yeah it's <laughs> very rarely very rarely is there an album that like first listen front to back i'm like okay i've gotten everything i need out of this <laughs> in a good way yeah right and like, enjoyed it and like yeah. all right got it i could do a book report on it um <laughs> yeah so all right um, awesome so is your next album kind of like that in a way yeah i mean yeah i mean i like this album um i like this album right away but I didn't. I like it quite a bit more hmm. than I did at first, and it's honestly. I mean, it is one of those albums that like would grow on you, like as you listen to it. Uh, but it's been getting a lot of buzz, and um, rightfully so. And uh, like, I think that this group just is like really, really interesting. Um, Toronto artist, none other than. Oh, get no way. <laughs> no, too no. mold. Ooh. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yes. They are from Toronto. Yes. But I okay. just had to throw that in there. That's funny. <laughs> and I have seen the hype. So I, I yes. Okay. Very cool. I'm like, thank God. Yeah. That would have to be another podcast. <laughs> yeah, another podcast. Okay. Why did you really pick this? Yes. So the enduring spirit by Tomb Mold. Yeah. Too mold for all the dogs. Yes. <laughs> yes. I would love to hear that honestly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, the the enduring spirit too mold. Um yeah, dude, it's been getting, you know, I you you've seen it cycling around. I got the Fantano yellow flannel, mm -hmm. um Pitchfork best new music, rate your music is loving. Everybody's loving it. Everybody's loving it. And the first time I listened to it was like, oh, okay, how good could this really be? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, black metal snob coming in here to review a death metal album. <laughs> I don't know. It's also kind of a thing, too. Like, I, I haven't been listening to black metal, death metal, doom metal, whatever, for, you know, in, in the context of the metalhead world for that long. Like, I, it's really only been... Uh, maybe what five years that I've really been diving in, I would say heavily. Mm -hmm. Um, and Tomb Mold is one of those bands that you know, for the people for the metalheads that dive in heavily, like they've been one of those bands that's already been putting out stellar stuff, but they just didn't connect with me. Um, and death metal in general was not totally connecting with me. Um, outside of a few really esoteric and atmospheric projects. And that's why black metal is so attractive to me because I'm, I'm very uh, drawn to the atmosphere 
and the you know really deep emotional quality of, of metal um, and black metal does that really well. Mm-hmm. Death metal is a lot more. I'm sure that I'll get people that that will say no. Well, you're you're oversimplifying it, but to me, it seems a lot more meat and potatoes, <laughs> um, tried and true. This is what metal, real metal, is all about. You know, um, if like if like the if the Griselda is kind of like <laughs> what hip hop, you know, yes, used to be, and we're continuing that tradition in a good way, right? Right. Two Mold is kind of representing that for like death metal. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. That might not be a good comparison, but I'm throwing it out there. Tum, 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 tum. Two old needs to get West Side Gun on one of their tracks. You're telling me a guy named West Side Gun doesn't already sound like he's in a metal band? Come on. But I I see your point. I see your comparison, though. I I think that's cool, uh, what you're getting at with that. I'm just trying things out here. (laughs) Um (laughs) <laughs> yeah them and like blood incantation like they're really making they're making me interested in what death metal has to offer these days because mm-hmm. this is a great example of it because it really touches on a lot of these esoteric concepts that i think metal is so good at expressing um just really abstract um absurd ideas that are really like you know existentially driven just about humanity and about like uh, just like (laughs) the human condition in general um looking at things like you know your desire for power um self like self-actualization um all sorts of all, all sorts of stuff right like it, it's all reaching for large ideas that most artists um are talking about and stuff but metal just has a very unique way of uh drawing the, those kind of things into aesthetics mm-hmm. um and uh i think that this this album does a great job of doing that are bringing those concepts into a death metal format um and uh, you know the the has a lot of religious imagery that helps to paint a picture too um and it is a death metal album like in the sense that there's going to be a lot of chugging there's going to be a lot of deep growling vocals um and a lot of grinding it out but like there's a lot of great breaks in the instrumentation and a lot of really gentle, hmm. like really resonant ringing guitar work that, uh, that, that happens on here. Very like, uh, post rock kind of elements okay. of building and stuff before going right back into the, to the grittiness. Um, it, that, that to me, um, is something almost, almost necessary in a lot of <laughs> death metal projects so that I don't get exhausted. Right. Um, and it, it just really helps to like ease, uh, or it really helps me to like understand like the purpose of a lot of these like hard riffs and deep growls. And, um, yeah, it just helps me focus on the aesthetics a little better. And they just do such a great job of that on this project. 
Um, yeah, so I, there's a lot of references to Zen Buddhism, hmm. um, existentialism, uh, a lot of great lyrical moments, which are non-discernible, but for, you know, <laughs> for <laughs> the sake of, like, putting painting a picture onto it, there's, you know, lines like, is power for its own sake what we desire? How will I see my life until I have left it behind? Oh, wow. Um, and, and then moments that are just really nice and like, uh, yeah, like genuinely nice where, um, they're saying, let us be gentle when questioning ourselves, which is just a really nice thing to hear in the midst of like some really chaotic, like, uh, you know, uh, yeah, like really chaotic uh, guitar work and like booming drums. That's cool. I like that. Um, yeah, I mean, metal is not known for, like, the most amazing lyricism. We were talking about Sufjan earlier, and uh, the Genesis Owusu album honestly sounds like um, it has some pretty amazing songwriting on it, too. But I just think things like that, like, add to the atmosphere really well. Mm-hmm. Um, just knowing that that's, like, the subject matter that we're talking about, even though I can't, you can't, you know, hope to understand it in a real way. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, so anyway, yeah, and a lot of, there's some sprinklings of electronic on here. Um, yeah, melodically, it's pretty memorable, and then it closes out with a great 11 and a half minute um, uh, death metal track that really opens up at a certain point and blends all this stuff that they're trying that they were trying to do on the rest of the album with like his post rock passage. Um, yeah, it really feels like kind of a journey through these big, large questions in a really cathartic and exciting way. Um, and it's, uh, you know, uh, like I said, it's, it, it can be a lot to handle. Like death metal itself is, um, it's just, it, it's just a tough, there's a lot of like repetitive elements to it for me that like kind of turned me off some points. Um, but I think that this is as good as any death metal album at like making all that still really interesting by breaking it up. Um, by bringing in other sounds and breaking that up. And, um, yeah, I, it is a solid uh, 8 out of 10 for me. Very solid recommendation here. Very solid stuff. Yeah, I've been... Yeah. It, it's like one of those rare metal albums that kind of slips through the cracks, and it's like everyone's talking about it. Um, so I, I've kind of had it in the back of my mind, like, oh, I wonder what Patrick kind of thinks about this one. So uh, glad it... I mean, I know it's like uh, not... You're more black metal. This is not that, but but yeah. still, I mean, I trust your opinion on death metal a lot more than my own. So, um, yeah, yeah. If this was, I'll say this: if this was just instrumentally black metal, it would be a nine out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's Which is, I guess, basically the liturgy album from earlier this year. <laughs> yeah, honestly, good good call. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see, my last one, see, what did I, what was the award I gave this one? Oh, yeah, uh, my award for this one is, uh, 
Hey, I like fun hip hop too. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Already defensive, defensive as the, hell uh, coming out the gate. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like every time I recommend a hip hop album on this uh, podcast, it's always like, "Oh great, here's Will recommending a hip hop album." Here we go with another weird left field heady lyrics heavy <laughs> hip hop album that you have to study in order to enjoy, like, like some Arm and Hammer album or something. And I don't. Yeah. yeah. Wait. What was what? What oh, was that album oh, again? Uh, uh, oh, it's yeah. The Armand Hammer one is. So it, it actually came out. Actually, this quarter it's called uh, "We Buy Diabetic Test Strips" <laughs> by the rap duo Armand Hammer, consisting of wow. Billy Woods and Elucid. Available on streaming uh, and on purchase. So check it I, out. I downloaded the Army Hammer. Album. <laughs> uh, That's my bad. Uh, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> <laughs> So I recommend all this weird hip-hop. I know I'm kind of a parody of myself at this point. You'd be right if you're like, oh, Will only likes this weird hip-hop shit. You'd be right like 90% of the time. I'm not going to lie. But that still leaves 10%. I can have fun, okay? I'm a fun guy, all right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this album I'm recommending now yeah, yeah, yeah. is in that 10% of fun hip-hop that I like. This is the new album from Group Therapy okay. titled... I was, oh. Yeah, have you heard this one yet? No, I haven't, but I okay. remember you talking about it. Okay. Yeah, the album title is I Was Mature for My Age, But I Was Still a Child. And as you might expect from a group name like Group Therapy and an album name like I Was Mature for My Age, But I Was Still a Child, uh, it's not like this album is completely devoid of lyrical substance or anything like that. Um, the three members of Group Therapy... Uh, Jada Grace, Swim, and TJ Online uh, frequently discuss their mental health struggles in a really straightforward way uh, throughout this album. Uh, they're all kind of in their mid twenties, um, so you know it, it's kind of like kind of a youth uh, movement in hip hop right now that's really sort of embracing their mental health, and I think that's really cool. Um, they were definitely yeah, I love that. yeah that's great right like that like they're talking about things that like 24 year old rappers in the 90s would like never even think about talking about right and I, I think that's really cool um they they weren't misleading with the therapy portion of their name for sure um what i find about their mental health backgrounds in particular is that all three of them are former child actors um and Whoa. yeah and that's kind of where that album title really kind of comes in like oh i i was mature for my age but i was still a child uh and as you know people may or may not you know read uh you know mental health struggles aren't exactly uncommon among former child actors right um there isn't a lot of lyricism on this album directly discussing their times as child actors they don't really talk about their time you know, working on set or anything like that. But I think it's important context nonetheless for this album. Um, and I, I enjoy the lyrical content at times for sure, but it does often stray into more cliche rap content territory a little too much for my liking. I wouldn't necessarily call the bars like a strength of this album necessarily, but where this album thrives is in its variety, in its creativity, and again, just the fun factor. Uh, this album absolutely slaps, dude. It's it's full of bangers, and, it, and not just full of bangers, but it's full of bangers that like bang in different ways. Um, the first track on the album, well, it's like a 
little intro or whatever but the first proper track on the album is called american psycho i haven't lost you yet okay right uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh american psycho is a rap rock song H haven't lost you yet right um i actually don't find it cringe at all despite all this it's i think it's actually pretty tastefully done it gradually all right there to, you go yeah exactly it, it gradually builds to this like explosive chorus um there's a song light speed a couple of tracks later uh or okay so I, I guess it's called like light speed squiggly greater than sign these track titles oh, are nuts <laughs> they're inconsistent in their capitalization they love to use like emotes even their group name group therapy it's all one word all lowercase letters and there's a period at the end so it, it, it's kind of right. yeah exactly yeah kind of odd but uh this the song, kids yeah, right exactly right uh light speed uh is like a darker moodier like hip house banger uh featuring this final minute that is simply just one of my favorite final minutes in music this year uh just it's the way the production comes together is just holy shit levels of good in my opinion um there is there are still bangers in the middle of the album but a lot of the songs in this portion are a little iffy radio chasing for me uh such as the song nasty which kind of sounds like it's chasing the radio from 25 years ago it kind of sounds like a timbaland song uh these aren't necessarily my favorite songs on the album but they'd still add to like the hype that this album loves to bring at times um but of course it's not always hype uh, the variety and the creativity come into play with these like mellower, more somber songs as well. Uh, the song Smiles, uh, all lowercase with a smiley face at the end, um, is like this detailed, understated flower boy-like song. Um, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, it's it's really it's really sweet, and I think it'll get overlooked uh, because it's surrounded immediately by like bangers on either side of it um and the song club song uh, so this one is all lowercase with a frowny face at the end um <laughs> is very much not a club song and instead feels like it could be like a frank ocean song and so you might be thinking okay tyler comparisons frank comparisons yeah like the thing about group therapy is that they absolutely come from this odd future Brockhampton lineage. So like Brockhampton just retired, but if you're bummed about that, you have group therapy. Now, uh, I actually saw a comment calling this album saturation four. uh, so on one hand, <laughs> yeah, it was like kind of a dig, but like, I like the saturation mixtapes. So, yeah, right. Um, so yeah, they like wear their influences on their sleeves a little too much. Right. Um, but if you want to listen to new music that sounds like those acts, well, those acts don't exist anymore, really. So check out Group Therapy. Um, yeah, good point. One thing that I uh, that I really like about this album is like my favorite songs change or have changed over time. Uh, this is the one that I mentioned. It technically came out at the very end of June, uh, so technically it's Q two, but. Um, but that means I've had a lot of time to really listen to this. Um, I think for right now, my favorite slower song, at least, is a song called Peak, uh, which really showcases uh, Jada Grace's vocal chops, like as a singer. Uh, and it sounds, it does sound lovely. Um, 
like the song Lightspeed that I mentioned earlier, the final minute of this song is among my favorite musical moments of the year. But the difference is, like, the Lightspeed final minute was this, like, hip house banger that I'm just like, holy shit, yes, love this. Whereas this final minute is more ascending meme. Uh, it's, like, genuinely a beautiful moment on the album, uh, which is surprising, <laughs> considering that, like, the backing vocals during this section are, like, chopped and screwed vocals saying, like, put your whole entire ass in it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay, kind of a weird contrast, but... Uh, the fl- yeah, the flip over to that. You're right, it's just so, like... And, well, and that's kind of the thing with this album. There's, like, a lot of versatility and balance, but it can be to the point of, like, whiplash at times. And it's kind of mm. up to you to determine if you like that or not. Uh, I don't always like it, but in general, I'm enjoying it. Like, sometimes the lyrics are uninteresting, the middle stretch of the album's a little shaky, but I'm really having fun with this album overall. This is kind of a, a case of, like, I'm really, really liking the highs that much for me. Uh, the beats are honestly pretty crazy. There's, like, a variety of producers on here, uh, all of whom I assume are also up-and-comers. I didn't really know uh, them. Uh, the rappers slash singers, all three of them are rappers slash singers, which I think is pretty neat. Uh, they're all very charismatic um, and I enjoy how everybody gets their chances to shine on this album. Uh, it's not like there's one prominent member than the other two. Uh, all three of them get their chances to lead. So yeah, I typically recommend heady or hip hop. Like I can't, I can't keep running back that joke. Uh, but I, <laughs> uh, oh so yeah, I, I'm normally recommending stuff that, I need to listen to multiple times in order to like really, really get into it. Um, but I can't deny I'm having, I'm honestly having a total blast with this one. And unlike the Sufjan, this is one that I'm playing in the gym all the time. Uh, so this one gets an eight out of 10 for me. So, yeah. Nice. But I also thought about talking about, like I said, James Blake underscores, both of the alchemist projects that just dropped, like the Earl sweatshirt one, and also the Mike and wiki one. Um, I thought about talking about Geese. That album, I think, is a lot of fun. Uh, there's just so much I could have talked about today, but I went with those. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was going to say, I was I was close to talking about the James Blake album also. Um, uh, the Laurel Halo album. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Aphex Twin EP, I thought was great. Um, and then this album from uh, Sprain, The Lamb is Effigy. I, I was I was pretty close to talking about that one also, but um, yeah, yeah, dang, and it's a shame we don't do Q four because uh, I think Kristen Hader drops tomorrow. So there you have it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. That was, but Q four will come in the form of yeah, album uh, of the year content, album of the years at least. Yeah, yeah. So okay, um, wow, we're almost at the buzzer here, uh, dude. Thanks for joining me on this one. I had a lot of fun. I uh, hope you all enjoyed listening. I hope you all got a few recommendations to check out uh, the five records we talked about. And then if you have time for a sixth one, maybe do this record by uh, rap duo Arm & Hammer titled yeah. uh, 